I've been thinking about um, this analogy of this log of like, when you don't have the personal experience or lived experience to engage with that topic and you're coming across an issue and you're just seeing, um, the first thing you see like may look like a log and then you don't realize that underneath that log there's like an entire ecosystem, that there's an entire, um, there's like a myriad of things happening um, that are taking place and that you may not understand until you like truly engage with that topic and truly engaging with that topic means like listening to the people who have to deal with that who are part of that ecosystem who suffer when that ecosystem suffers race matters 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 Welcome to another bonus Race Matters episode. My name is Ryan Clapham, one of your hosts on Race Matters, a show on FBI radio in Redfern, Sydney, that covers conversations of race, representation, and culture. Before we go any further, I'd like to acknowledge that this podcast was recorded, edited, and broadcast all on Gadigal lands of the Eora Nation. As always, I'd like to pay respects to Gadigal elders, past, present, and emerging, and to all Aboriginal people listening. You heard a little from Sydney-based multidisciplinary artist Nadia Hernandez on episode 10. Georgia and I had the pleasure of joining Nadia in her home, sharing food, a never-ending teapot, music, and stories, and to hear about her practice, the multitude of things that contribute to her work, and her experience as a Venezuelan woman living in this country. So sit back, relax, get your teacup ready. I'm excited to share with you our full conversation with Nadia Hernandez. Cómo resguardar la energía de la montaña. En la casa de mis abuelos se ven dos montañas grandes. Cuando baja la neblina, siento que estoy en una discoteca natural. Espero que aquel vapor se dilate y calme toda la ciudad. Mérida es Todas las tonalidades de azul y verde. Mérida es el pico Bolívar. Mérida es la cara del indio. Mérida es el aire fresco, lluvia por las noches, relámpagos que te hacen recordar lo que realmente es omnipotente, la naturaleza. Entre aoyamas, cacao, bachacos y hormigas. También cansadas por trabajo incesante, encuentro equilibrio y voz. En la casa oscura, la tecnología nos falla. El pan de cambur se enfría. Nos reímos de nuestros vecinos y recordamos la infancia. Momentos valiosos que nos permiten luchar por un futuro, venga cuando venga. How to harbor the energy of a mountain. In my grandparents' house, you can see two huge mountains. When the fog begins to fall, I feel as though I'm in a natural discotheque. I wait for that mist to descend and calm the entire city. Merida is every shade of blue and green. Merida is the Pico Bolívar. Merida is la cara del indio. 
many that is fresh air, rain through the night, lightning that makes you remember what is truly most high, nature. Amongst pumpkins and cacao, bachacos and ants, too tired from their incessant work, I find balance and voice. In the dark house, technology fails us. The banana bread gets cold. We laugh at our neighbors and remembering childhood, those valuable moments that enable us to fight for a future, come when it may come. You mastered the whistle as well. Oh, I think yeah. I looked it out. Right, Let me see. What's that? Um, the rooster is a instrument as well. No, it's not. Wait, 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 wait. What is it? Oh, I looked it up. Let me have a think. Um, that was Nadia sharing her poem, Como Resguardare la Energia de la Montaña, with us as she welcomed Ryan and I into her home. We were surrounded by so many smells, colours, objects and sounds, brewing delicious tea and accompanied by a whistling terracotta rooster. So I wrote the poem two years ago um, in November 2016, which was the last time I was able to go back home. And um, I wrote it in my grandparents' house. I remember that rain was falling on the windowsill and... I wanted to capture like every experience that I had when I felt at home. I just wanted to like soak up every smell, like every sound, every conversation and it like just really feel what it felt like to be there in that space on on the earth. My mom and I would drive out to El Valle and get pastelitos which are like it's like a uh, like very traditional food from that part from my hometown and um, they're kind of like fried um, pastries that are filled with different things like cheese is the most popular one you can get meat ones but this place made like mushroom and um, and like I can't remember that word in English <laughs> or leek like mushroom and leek pastelitos and um, across the road we befriended this man um, named Tin Haka and uh, he sold orange juice and I just like bought orange juice from him every single day and he was friends with like the people that like owned the pastelito place and then he would like bring it over and we just had these like amazing conversations and um, what resonated with everybody when when we were talking it was it was that desire for um, the country to to have a future like that desire for the country to move forward and um, for people to just have like the basic things that they deserve to have in, in their everyday. And um, and I love Tin Haka so much. I, I made an artwork about him and I, I photographed him. I'll show you the photos. But he also charged like a tax on his juice for like um, for just to like give to to like just the people in the area, like it was unofficial, but he was like, it's too, it's like X amount of bolivares, but like with a little bit more because I give a little bit to like, you know, like that, that like his friend that needs it or whatever. I'm like, yeah, whatever, just the tax on the juice. It's good. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there was just this, this really old man um, that was like walking towards him and yeah, the tax on the juice was for him <laughs> that day. That's so nice. Yeah, I'll show you a photo because when I went back last time, um, I 
well, like the last time I could go back um, in 2016, I took so many photos of, um, of what was happening. And these archives are all contributing? Yeah, so um, the photos that I took in 2016 in large part uh, became, um, became the focus of, of a show I had in in 2017 called Cosas Antes y Después, Things Before and After. And, um, but, but because of the importance of that return and because of that physical um, connection to place in that particular moment and my understanding and knowing that, that after I left, I wasn't sure when I'd be able to return, all of those, that collection of imagery still continues to influence the work that I'm making. And, um, and I think that's important to like keep going, jumping through time in a, a non-linear way to um, bring together and, or bring into the same place like all these myriad of events. Because um, it's really easy to forget, you know, it's really, um, it's, it's important to remember um, the past and it's important to remember um, all of the labor that people have um, taken to, to, to fight against an oppressive regime and to protest. And I think every time that I lose a little bit of hope or every time that I feel really down, I just look back at all the photos and I look back at like, the history of protests and the history of people like resisting um, the the dictatorship, and um, that like pushes me forward, mm -hmm. and that pushes me forward with the work that I'm trying to do in showing um, that complexity and that multitude of images via my story, via the story of my family, and the story of my community, and then the story of my people. Mm. Um, yeah. It's interesting that like multiple dictatorships in like throughout history have tried to strip those memories um as a way to um like separate people from their home and their culture. Yeah. Yeah, but that's right. But they just never learned that that's something that they're actually not capable of controlling. Mm. Yeah, that's as right. As much as they try. Yeah. Um I think about that a lot cuz I think about about um, yeah, how how to challenge um, what's being forced upon you and how to fight back against it. And I think about when I listened to um, you know when you walked in and you heard me playing Simon Diaz, and then you asked me about him. And it's like as soon as I put on his music, as soon as I put on like a song like Mi Querencia, which like I'm just gonna make a huge translation and say that all Venezuelans know that song. <laughs> um, that when I put on his music and when I listen to the lyrics and when I listen to, to that great gift that Simon Diaz left for Venezuelans, which was the stories of the Janos, like the stories of that region of the country, um, myths, legends, like um, a wealth of like beautiful storytelling that, um, that painted an image of like day-to-day -day life in that part of the country. It's like, such a gift um, that takes me like, like it literally yanks me from my living room here and takes mm. me back there. Mm. And I just feel it. I feel like um, the smells, the the cold, like 
the cold air in my hometown like around this time of the day like the fog begins to fall and then you just feel like this cold air and um it's brisk and you 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 smell it and um listening to that music even even though he's speaking about different parts of the country it just takes me back to venezuela like straight away Si mi querencia es el monte 
Mi Carencia by Simon Diaz, a familiar song for many Venezuelans and a musician that informs Nadia's practice as a multidisciplinary artist. In the song Mi Carencia, um, Simon Diaz sings, um, Si mi carencia es el monte y la flor de Araguanay, como no quieres que tenga, como no quieres que tenga tantas ganas de volver. And in English, that's like, if my carencia is the bush and the Araguanay flower, um, how could I not have, how could I not have so much desire to return? And, um, wow. yeah, yeah. So in those, that's, that's like in those words and in those visuals is like how, um, I've created in my work, like methods of resistance. Yeah. For the last show um, that I did, which was called Este es mi ejército, this is my army. Um, I wanted to like dismantle the concept of an army as an oppress like as an oppressive s- system sorry as a system that oppresses people and reconstruct it through like symbols of culture through music through sound as our collective strength you know it's like using using all those things that are constantly tra- like that that are constantly being taken away from you using that to create like an army of of the soul I've been, I've lived outside of the country for for most of my life, but when I think about those lyrics and when people kind of question my identity um, and that, that like, you know, like you've been away for so long, like, I mean, how long do you have to live outside of a place or how long do you have to live in a place to be that identity, you know? And I think like, I, and you're talking about being other Ven- Venezuelans yeah. criticizing that, or I think Venice, yeah, maybe other um, Venezuelans, Australians, but also just people but, in general, well, yeah. yeah. Um, but the answer is definitely in those words, and um, the answer is just in that immediate, yeah, that's that immediate desire to, to be, and um, just that kind of, um, unquestionable sense of belonging, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah. I feel like identity is uh, really, I don't know, it seems like there's scrutiny through different levels, right, from other Venezuelans. And then also, which is a whole other kettle of fish, is like white Australians yeah. questioning your identity as well. Yeah. 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 Yeah, totally. I think um, I used to really struggle with it. And it's taken many conversations with like family and especially my mom, who's um, a big part of my life. And um, a, a beacon of strength. Um, just reiterating that like you create, you know, you create your, like your identity belongs to you and, and no one gets to dictate it. No one gets to, um, there's no formula for it. 
um, that's ex that excites me when I because I mean I obviously as a Venezuelan woman or as a Venezuelan woman that's part of a diaspora for me it's really important to question what what that construct is and um, to keep exploring it um, for it to keep continue to evolve but ultimately for me to get to decide what what that is and um, and to have these discussions with with other like young Venezuelans and and that are also gr spending so much time and, and growing up outside of, of a physical of the physical yeah. space yeah, yeah outside of the country in this time yeah um yeah it's so interesting just coming back to this idea of physical place yeah and, um like as the sort of clear decider of, yeah. yeah it's just so two-dimensional and so weak and I know that off air we've had conversations yeah. about artists being magicians yeah yeah yes. um, yes. I just thought maybe this would Shout be a out nice to time to yeah. <laughs> yeah um I think that I think what was really beautiful about our conversation yesterday was um in relation to the two dimensionality of place and having to be in the place that you were born, you know, in the place that you were born or the place that your ancestors were born in for you to have true belonging to that place. I don't think that's true. And I think that yesterday when you walked in and you said, as soon as we walk into your living room, it's like, there's a different feeling. Mm -hmm. And I think that feeling is in, is in all those, um, in all of those symbols or in all of the, um, you know, in the food that we cooked mm -hmm. in coming together and me teaching you how to make arepas and um, in putting on Simon Diaz or in putting on um, in scent um, and in and like all the objects you surround yourself with, but also like it's not limited to that either, you know, mm -hmm. like it really depends on what you're into. I don't, I don't think that listening to like a particular type of music and I don't think that making type, like a particular type of food makes you any more or less Venezuelan either. Yeah. That's really important to say. Yeah. I think that there's, our power is in defining who we are and um, for everybody, mm. I think. Um, coming back to the poem that we started with. Yeah. Know, and how art can, you know, artists are magicians and I also think we're time travelers. Yeah, you know, we, we yes, can travel yes. to the time periods and, and locations through the music, and there is so much sensory overload from um, from you know setting that place and that time and that sound um, in your art. It's pretty interesting how I guess you do that through poetry, but yeah. also you're a multidisciplinary disciplinary artist. So, um, what other ways do you kind of explore? I guess just creating those yeah. feelings and those moods. I mean, one of my um, one of the mediums that I find like the one of the mediums that resonates with me the most is definitely textiles. Um, and obviously, in my work, there's also I also make paper constructions and um, I paint large scale works too. Um, but the textiles have such a special place in my heart because they relate to like these kind of familiar familial relationships and cultural relationships that I've created over time. And when I went home um, around 2009, I was able to work with an artisan named Carmelo Aliso and 
he taught my mom how to weave, he taught my grandmother how to weave, my grandmother um, has been embroidering um, some of the some of the imagery that I pull into my work and I feel like it just creates all these spaces for collaboration and um, the textiles like physically being present in Venezuela and then and then traveling with me um, is also like a really beautiful image and I think that they can continue to like move through time in mm. that same way that our stories move through time and um, and also um, aside from the physical works, the text in the works, and um, the poem, the, the, the poem that my grandfather wrote, like, is something that um, is, doesn't need to be anchored by, like, a physical artwork either. I think it's, it's in storytelling and um, how we continue to share our experiences um, is also such an important part of of my practice yeah it's interesting though um like where we place like importance right and it's like what you create and um your the stories of my family the stories that i've like all the research that i've done to understand who i am or like to understand what what does it mean to be like venezuelan or um what does it mean to me more importantly mm -hmm. um have just like centered certain things as very important that to me have value but like maybe in this bigger context of what's important in the world or what people tend to value like are very actually like not important you know in terms of like um thinking about like celebrities or thinking about <laughs> like people who have benefited from history you know yeah. and um thinking about like how that in a way to me relates to the idea of the ego right and like who we um look up to and how to yeah. reframe that mm. yeah mm. ego yeah oh, man the driver of um just so much in this world mm. yeah totally like it comes back to the destruction of um like where we were talking about the mining and yeah and, and, and uh just the pure destruction that doesn't have any sustainable outcome, uh, whatsoever. outcome whatsoever yeah and it's driven by greed and ego and money yeah exactly mm. my dad once said to me um have you ever met anyone wise with an ego mm. um and he only said that maybe one or two years ago and it just like blew my mind wow yeah like now it just seems like quite a simple concept but I was like yes like I, I don't know I was just I just moved to Sydney and there's just a lot going yeah on and yeah, in terms of meeting just, new people yeah meeting new people and what people were driven by yeah I think coming from yeah. Canberra um, where people sort of well, I, I knew a lot of people and you're given the time to, yeah, it's just a, a very different city, but yeah, yeah, that's, I know clarifying that yeah. I, I don't know anyone. I can't picture anyone that I've met that I would call a wise person with an ego. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I think that, uh, I think about that a lot when, um, I guess when you're, um, going through your day-to-day -day and going through your work and certain opportunities come up and sometimes you have to 
just like double check the purpose of why you're doing things. I think that's like a cloud that's constantly over my head, like a good cloud of like, wait, what's this for? Who's it for? Um, what are you trying to communicate? And um, who are you trying to connect with? And then when I think about um, ultimately, yeah, what, why, why the work is, is important to me, and um, it's to do with, it's, it's, it's just to try to do everything I can so that one day there's that chance of, of returning um, or that chance of being with my family or that chance of helping my family. And it is um, super simple, super personal, but I think it's what we all want. Like, I think it's what we all want um, as Venezuelans in particular, and that's... Um, that includes everybody that, like, everybody, you know, um, that we just want, like, our democracy back. And we just yeah. want to have these really basic things um, yeah. reinstated. And that's, like, ultimately one of the aspects of the work is to, like, keep working out ways to, to talk about that and to um, pursue that. And, um, and then the other thing of, like, reconnecting and um, preserving and promoting like the traditions that we have because so much cult of our culture is essentially at risk of being lost because when you don't have like basic things like electricity or water and when people are spending most of their time um, in line waiting to buy really basic things or in line waiting to catch a bus to go somewhere because public transport ha hasn't been working or doesn't work, um, then like how do you take time out um, to celebrate um, your culture in the myriad of ways that we celebrate our culture throughout the regions of the country um, when you're just trying to survive? And I think that's the most important thing for people to know that like in Venezuela right now people are just trying to survive. Mm. What I constantly see and what constantly gives me strength is seeing people, seeing my grandparents who are old, like protesting for these things and going out and standing up for what, for their rights, for like what's in their constitution, for, um, for a future. Like, I don't know how long they have, but like just that incessant fight for a future um, to protect, to protect what what it, what remains is like very empowering to see and I, I think of, I think about it when I'm like when I'm tired or when like I'm feeling pain in my body from like the stress of dealing with all this stuff or seeing it from afar or sometimes not being able to do anything directly but yeah it's just like you gotta continue mm -hmm. yeah yeah, like just seeing people at the protests or being when I was when I was back home two years ago and when we were at the protests, um, in my hometown, like I'd n I've never seen so many people gathered like coming together in a protest and like the fact that we were protesting for like a democracy, you know, I mean, and how that protest ended like being shot tear gas being shot at with guns um like but but yeah just kind of that feeling of like you have to you have to be there and um i've never yeah i've never I've, yeah it's 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 wild too that like being here um and having having those basic things 
like being able to switch on the lights and have power. Um, like it still hasn't ever taken away the desire for me to be at every single one of those protests and be at every single one of like those events. Cause um, yeah, cause of that deep desire for that change to come. Yeah. We, we were talking yesterday about the misinformation yeah. of what's happening in Venezuela yeah. and what's been happening in Venezuela for yeah. a long time now. Um, what do you feel is, I guess, your role as an artist and as a Venezuelan woman to, I guess, how you combat this, yeah. this much misinformation? Yeah, I think um, the most important thing or like my thoughts about this for people listening um, is that the personal experience is invaluable and you should be so respectful of what we're going through and if there is an opportunity to listen from a Venezuelan from a Venezuelan person like please listen please listen to our stories to the things that have happened to our families um that extends everybody has multiple stories of grief um and i'm often sharing a lot of articles i am making a reading list because i i started thinking about um how important it would be to give people um like a platform from from which to have conversations if like if people if if people are being misinformed or if they're um, if they're uh, lacking the time to spend searching for the truth or if that truth is kind of cloudy because you don't know what that looks like because you don't you're not there or you haven't been um, living it for the past uh, the many years you know like. Um, that people that are that are there have been living have been living through um then how will you know right i think yeah like the reading list is something that i'm working on um because i think from there we can have conversations and um from there people can understand like the multitude the multitude of issues that the country is facing um which expands from you know like the environmental devastation, the exploitation of the land, illegal mining, um, um, migration, human trafficking, censorship, corruption, hunger, uh, foreign interest. Mm. Um, there's so many topics um, to discuss. And if people really want to engage, it's really important for them to understand that it's a very complex, very nuanced conversation. And um, if you want to be an ally to Venezuelan people, it's really important that you enter into that discussion respectfully and like um, just listen to the array of, um, of issues that our country is facing because it's a total societal collapse from every, um, corner of what that could mean you know that it's like an extreme health crisis as well with our hospitals and um yeah there's just a lot to be to be discussed yeah and there and I, I guess in the past um you know it's also important to understand that the media 
is controlled by a regime that is in power within the country and um, often outside of the country we're having to inform our families back home. Um, there are amazing, uh, like Venezuelan journalists um, deserve a huge, um, a huge, I don't want to say shout out, I feel like that's, that's not the right word, but like um, Venezuelan journalists are have been putting their life on the line constantly to report um, despite being jailed, despite being um, physically hurt, um, this, yeah, despite being shot at. Like, Venezuelan journalists have been doing so much work to to write and to report on what's occurring and um, there are lots of incredible like independent news news channels such as Cronica Uno, Efecto Cocuyo, El Pitazo, um, I could name many more which are in Spanish and are um, written for and created by Venezuelans but there's also Caracas Chronicles which is in English or Armando Info which has um, like English information in English um, and people like can check those out if mm. they if they want. I can only hope that um, people want to engage like respectfully with this conversation. Um, but I also acknowledge that like people have different opinions and like that that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> like it's it's like the world, right? Yeah. Um, so. Um, I've been thinking a lot about the type of um, the type of people that haven't been listening to me for a very long time, and I just like can't waste my energy on like those individuals anymore. Mm. And if people, um, and I was talking to Jamie about it today, in terms of like the minimization of like POC experiences, and um, if if like someone can't see that they're doing that, then like the amount of energy that that I that I can spend like convincing one person is not as important as like having discussions with people that do understand that do care and do listen and do want to be a part of like making a change ultimately that change is really basic like we want democracy and we want um just to live a life where justice and um our constitution is like respected yeah mm -hmm. It reminds me of that conversation last night. Yeah. Um, uh, not at the bar. Um, <laughs> <laughs> not at the yeah. uh, But about our conversation. Not at the bar. Yeah. Our conversation about, um, you know, how people use art. And, yeah. That, uh, you know, I said, like, I'm kind of sick of just the bullshit. And, like, yeah. we don't have, we, like, we're on a time Mm. Like we, we need change now. Yeah, for totally. So many different oh my causes. god, it's like yeah, we need change now. Yeah, yeah. And so art, you know, this is our. I mean, we're all we're all artists here yeah. as well. So it's um, you know, yeah, it's our tool for change and it's our platform for change and information and movements. And, yeah. Um, it's like we don't have. But we like we're on a time limit, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 Um, we're definitely on a time limit. It's crucial, like, 
the amount of people in Venezuela that are dying and that die each day and like so many unrecorded deaths as well because when you think about how difficult um, it is to be reporting, to be on the ground, um, to be like um, risking your life or your freedom um, to to get these stories out like there there is there is no time also the amount of people that have been jailed unjustly um the political prisoners who have um who have no time who like are currently being tortured like Juan Requesens who's been in jail for over 200 days by the regime um those stories are like so important and um yeah, it's like it's crucial to 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 you as artists um, advocate for these changes, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, for in a, in in this space that we're in, like in in being away from home, being in this country has also like made. I mean, for me, for me, it's like being in this space also means um, engage. You know, like having solidarity with like all the other people that are oppressed in in this country and the history of like genocide and oppression that we need to face um so that we can all be free yeah 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 such a basic like but yeah it's interesting but it becomes really it it's like it the it's interesting like the role of the media like in terms of the misinformation because like i think language gets used by like by all side by all sides you know and then in the narratives and the tropes that i'm seeing that like don't correspond to what's happening in the country and how that is manipulated it's like the same language gets used so i'm in in that like a lot of people are confused and that's when i feel or that's where i've been angry where um certain people that i know um have even though i've been talking about this forever since i've been here in this country like and who have come to protest with me or who have um who have seemed to engage with what i'm trying to discuss will see uh, an article or will see a podcast um that that is made by like a person that looks like them and then they trust that opinion it's like well what about like my family or like what about what we're going through what about like this array of of imagery and information and um and like articles that i've been showing you yeah i think ultimately like listening to the experiences of people that are going through the hardships is super important Mm -hmm. I, I, I find time and time again that that happens to be, you know, one of the overarching issues in terms of how information is spread out, oh, in this country at least, and um, how, you know, people are, they find who, people who are well represented yeah. in their own media. Yeah, exactly. Will, will trust, like, exactly what you said. Yeah. And so, you know, that's why... I think it's so important for, in it, you know, say for example, race matters being on FBI so that we can have stories that wouldn't necessarily be yeah in popular media, you know. Yeah, that's right. Proper, accurate 
yeah empowering exactly. representation yeah that's right yeah i feel like there would be a lot of censorship if we were on a different station mm. that is probably more widely reached across the city and yeah the i think it's also just seeing um how uh like when there are reports being done on venezuela and how they always start or tend to start with um with the story that was um the story that's come from the government that's come from like government channels and it's like okay well all right what's the point (laughs) you know I understand how I feel like I'm just I understand how it how it works but for me it's like what else is being fed to me that's like I mean this issue I know so well no one can take away what I know about my own country or what I know about my own people but I do now question like everything else that I consume and I think we should always be questioning everything and we should be having conversations and we should be reaching out to the people in the communities that are affected and learning from them and their experiences and then seeing how we can like be a part of the change that needs to be happened but within those spaces mm-hmm. yeah uh, so in tune with misinformation and I guess the people who are battling to find the truth and the right information in the midst of all the inaccurate and, and, and misinformed articles out there, in particular to uh, Venezuela, you know, what what do you find that you're constantly doing, I guess, through your art and through, you know, all the articles that you're sharing? Yeah, I mean... Um Definitely, I think about the time and energy invested in trying to convince the unconvincible. And I find that I rather focus my energy and love on um, sharing our culture, sharing the stories of the people that are back home, sharing the stories of my family, sharing the things that we have been through. and. Um, the stories of like our suffering because ultimately like at the end of the day it's the interests of Venezuelans and we're the ones that are fighting for our future we're the ones that are fighting for democracy we're the ones that are fighting for our freedom and um, all that I can give is like my experience all I can share is what I read and who I read and hope that people care and hope that people want to listen to that and um and if i'm focusing on the frustration that comes from those who just don't want to see um then i'm then i'm losing then i'm losing my fight but at the same time um in acknowledging what constitutes all the issues that are being faced by my people that are that we're facing that the country is facing it's like what people see more or less when you don't know our stories when you don't know the multitudes that we experience every single day because so much happens every day in Venezuela like it's it's intense like um I've been thinking about um this analogy of this log of like 
when you don't have the personal experience or lived experience to engage with that topic and you're coming across an issue and you're just seeing um, the first thing you see like may look like a log and then you don't realize that underneath that log there's like an entire ecosystem that there's an entire um, there's like a myriad of things happening um, that are taking place and that you may not understand until you like truly engage with that topic and truly engaging with that topic means like listening to the people who have to deal with that who are part of that ecosystem who suffer when that ecosystem suffers that's just um something worth remembering or keeping in mind yeah and i like you know this comes back to when people read uh i guess any articles and stories about uh anybody yeah Yeah. (laughs) about anybody um we sometimes forget that there are real lives behind that story yeah real um cultures and 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 sounds and smells and 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 foods and um, history behind yeah. every story. It's yeah. not just on our screens. You know? Also, like when you deny people like their complexity and when you stereo, you know, that's another thing. It's like, how are we being stereotyped? Um, that's really dangerous because when you deny people the complexity of their issues and their stories mm-hmm. and you just mark them as something you just stamp them as like you're this and you're that because of this because i read this here and like i read it in my language rather than your language it's like you don't realize how dangerous that is and you don't realize that what you're participating in and like what you're participating in is like a racist trope that's it like it's super simple and um and it's really hurtful because at the end of the day it's like being asked how often do you think about this? Like, how often does this space, like, occupy in your mind? It's like, well, because I live it and because my family are suffering it, I think about it every day. I think about it when I wake up. I think about it when I go to bed. I wake up in the middle of the night thinking about it because I'm stressed out, I'm worried. And, um, yeah, that's it. That's like, it's nonstop for us. Like, it's nonstop for the people that are affected by things. And, um... And yeah, I think it's so simple. It's like sometimes like the least you could do is just listen. <laughs> That's beautiful. Um, and actually on that note, you've got uh, a show coming up in April. Yes, I have a show coming up in April. It's being presented by Black Art Projects in um, Melbourne. But the focus on that show, like the, the exhibition is going to be called Sangrante y Mataca. And Imataka is um, Sierra in Venezuela, the size of the Netherlands. Um, it's also Sangrante Imataka is a poem that my grandfather wrote um, in the in nineteen ninety seven, calling out and expressing his discontent on the environmental devastation that was taking place on that land and continues and has worsened. Sangrante y mataca, fronda intrincada, difícil, cuna de biodiversidad, verde mar sobre la tierra, peligra tu incierto camino, 
suelo dorado, horadado por el hombre. Busca en su entorno, tesoro prometido, destino eterno, mezquino, flora sempiterna como el aire que respiro. Could you tell us a little bit about this next song, Mestizo? Uh, yeah, so... By Mestizo? This song was released in 2014, and it's actually a collaboration between Mestiza and Neblina, who are two Venezuelan rappers. So really interesting is that it was written in 2014, but everything that they're saying resonates even louder now. And I just love Mestiza so much because she comes from she's from caracas she comes from um like a barrio and she started rapping her mother deserted her she's got like such a powerful story of believing in herself uh against all odds against all the odds that were presented um against her and and succeeding and succeeding in the in the in the sense of like her pursuing her work her pursuing her truth and her um like making really powerful, highly political music. I think sometimes it's so hard because when, when you're, you're fighting against misinformation, sometimes you start to question yourself and like, you shouldn't have to, you know? Like, I feel like we should all know that we're enough. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Es necesario saber, seas hombre o mujer, que mucho de lo que vivimos viene desde el ayer. Es necesario romper con todas esas maldiciones que nos atan sin querer. Este mundo nos comprometió antes de nacer con un pacto antiguo que realizó algún individuo por poder. Hermanos, quiero decir con esto que en todo país donde su fundador realizó un pacto con un dios pagano, vivirá muriendo por salvarnos en un mundo de fornicación, abortos y matarnos. ¿Será que pensamos los seres humanos, si así seguimos, no seremos gobernados por los Estados Unidos, sino por los reptilianos. Señor presidente, dígame qué se siente, que mi país se ha vuelto el más peligroso del continente. Se supone que en tu casa te sobra el agua caliente, muchos no tienen ni casa y viven abajo de un puente. Bájate la presidencia, por favor, dame la mano. Camina por las calles normal como un ciudadano. Ve lo que pasamos, porque estamos como estamos. Mi protesta no es por mí, es por el futuro de mi chamo. Veo calles destruidas, muertos por balas perdidas. ¿Qué pasó con Venezuela que usted manda y no la cuida? Nunca hay escasez de alcohol, hay escasez de comida. Con mi patria querida, no creo en la televisión Cierran los canales donde dan la poca información No seas tú tan huevón porque no cierras donde sale Mostrando sus partes desnudas, Dios a canales Para mí no hay diferencia entre las clases sociales Ya que aunque tengas más reales, aquí todos somos iguales Para ser mi presidente, vale, no estás preparado Como se nota que nadie de tu familia han matado Porque nos matan cubanos disfrazados de soldados Ya todos saben que tú eres títere de Dios dado Ahora nadie está de acuerdo con la inflación del dólar Como en un país tan rico para comprarse hace cola Si hablas bien del gobierno, en todos lados suenan tus rolas Si hablas la verdad no suena y tienes que pagar payola No joda que se jodan, digo lo que me incomoda Ustedes con todos sus lujos mientras Venezuela llora No joda, digo lo que me incomoda Ustedes con todos sus lujos mientras Venezuela llora Ni capitalismo, ni socialismo Quiero un presidente que no sea más de lo mismo Siempre respetaré todos los partidos políticos Más no a quienes quieren dejar mi país en ridículo Puño arriba por todos los que han caído Los que en las protestas han sobrevivido Sabes en el peo en el que estás metido No quiero un país como Cuba Mucho menos gobernado por los Estados Unidos 
barrios pequeños que se conocen todos los lugares Pares burdeles pero no han ido a centros comerciales Ya con 15 años son malandros, no hay quien los compare Bicha en mano, martillo para atrás y que el pante que dispare Son menores que se han unido a la vida del AMPA Y han parado muertos porque no saben lo que les espera Ya con 12 años se revela y plomo te zampa Te pican son sangre fría y te meten en la nevera La política te dice que no está pasando nada Y en todos los canales casi siempre hablan del socialismo Pretenden ocultar todo con mentiras disfrazadas Mientras que afuera morimos a plomo entre nosotros mismos Te saltan de pegar como te ven fin de disciplina Tienes físico terror mientras los nervios te dominan Ya tienen el hierro encima, le das todo de asesina Se van ganadores y el billete es para la cocaína Imagina tú lo grave que es el estado Cada día son más muertos, lo dicen los resultados A lo que hemos llegado han provocado la guerra Hasta los guardias nacionales atientan con su propia tierra Hacen campañas para jodernos, solo la mente nos tapan Estamos en un infierno, ni el mismo Dios nos rescata Quieren vendarnos los ojos con ideología insensata Pero todos saben que el gobierno es quien roba la plata No hay motivo para que le echen plomo a todos los protestantes Amelia fue el que dio la orden de ataque fulminante Gracias a usted gobernante, Genesis muere estudiante Pero somos mayoría y por eso vamos para adelante Y lo que está pasando, eso no lo ves tú La juventud es la que está corriendo el riesgo entre todos esta multitud porque tú estás bien eres el gobernante ahora bebiendo en vasos de oro y el pueblo en la canta implora Venezuela se desata políticos se destapan la corrupción se destaca siguen regalando plata los pacos con su matraque lampa portando las acas postdata estamos gobernados por la Venezuela rata Venezuela está candela donde todo el mundo con hierro se ampara Venezuela está candela corre que nombre no tienen las balas Venezuela está candela todo el mundo con hierro se ampara Venezuela está candela Corre que nombre no tiene la fala Corre que nombre no tiene la fala Corre que no, corre que nombre no tiene la fala Corre que nombre no tiene la fala Los policías no respetan los valores Y en la política casi todos son ladrones para afrontar la verdad, atacan cual leones y le roban al pueblo la comida que ellos se comen. No lloremos por un país que lucha, luchemos por un país que llora. Venezuela. Race matters. 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 Race matters.